and welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams of pub quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey. So um, it's decorative gourd season in my house already, but it is somehow still like midsummer temperatures outside. Oh my God, it's so warm today. It's like 83 degrees. I spent the day in the air conditioning. Um putting decorative gourds up all around my apartment i your can i tell you your apartment looks beautiful oh, thank you very it's much. so nice so fall so autumnal Ugh. i should have yeah. gotten some stuff today because i went um it's sunday so i went i ran some errands mm-hmm. and i went grocery shopping and i went to marshall's shout out to marshall's one of my favorite stores i know you're not a huge fan but um <laughs> and i was standing in line because i was cashing out and um the woman in front of me i swear to you <laughs> She was buying like one of those pictures that says like live, laugh, love or something dumb like that. Like just that one thing in a giant Mm. shopping cart. And I swear to you, she pulled out of her purse, her open giant Mm. purse, a silky pair of underwear with lace on it, blew her nose into it. Stop it. And then put it back into her purse. I was a gape. I was a gape. I was literally a gape. I was like, no, that couldn't possibly be silky underwear. That must be some sort of fancy some handkerchief. Some sort of funny handkerchief. No, it was, I saw the elastic on the, the legs. It was astounding. How old was this woman? She was probably in her early 60s. Oh my goodness. And the fact, okay, maybe that's your thing, right? Maybe you're some like. Some people like to wear underwear. Other people like to carry it around in their purse and blow their schnoz on it. Blow their nose it. on it. But why would you, you would, you would think that you would know. This is this not, is not right. a common practice. Mm. No one does this. Mm. That is not what that's for. <laughs> so, so I got to thinking about how weird people are. And I was like, oh, what a strange yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Because people are weird. I mean, there's a, there are varying levels of weird that's acceptable. Like weird <laughs> is like, like, I eat ice cream at the fork. I'm so weird. And then there's weird like, I blow my nose into silky under things at stores. And then there is the level of weird about what I'm talking about today. Yeah. And the level of weird that I'm talking about today is cults. So this is one of the greatest topics that I, that you could have chosen. I had so much fun researching this. Can I tell you? I just enjoyed it so much. My only problem is there are so many weird ass <laughs> cults out there that that it was hard cr- to narrow it yeah, down to podcast just, length. <laughs> they just cry out to uh, be like really parsed. Mm. Yeah. So I chose just a couple. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is I'm sure you know the Heaven's Gate cult oh, yeah. from 1997. As we know, they did the mass suicide, I think in California. Mm-hmm. And they all wore those Nikes and they all poisoned themselves. So. I learned a lot, um, and you will learn a lot just now, uh, about the details of that. So here we go with the Heaven's Gate cult. Here we go. Here we go. So Marshall Applewhite was uh, was the creator of the Heaven's Gate cult. He was the son of a Presbyterian minister and former soldier. And he began his foray into biblical prophecy in the early 1970s, and he was fired from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas, over an alleged homosexual relationship with one of his students. Um, So later, he met Bonnie Nettles, who was a 44-year-old married nurse with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy. He met her in 1972. Where did he meet her? 
They well, met in the psychiatric hospital he was being oh, <laughs> he was you know in what? at the time. Th- that's a tip you don't hear too often. No. I mean, they're they're like, oh, if you don't want to date online, you could just like go to a yeah. bookstore. Grocery store. Meet somebody in the, yeah, in the produce section, the melons. Definitely they, a psychiatric hospital. I haven't hospital. heard too much about <laughs> <laughs> meet your partner. Yeah, so you know what? Ouch, single, single listeners out there. Yeah. We got a pro tip. Yep. Psych hospital. Try that. <laughs> so they did become very close friends. And he later recalled that he felt like he had known her for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past Mm, life. Obviously. She told him that their meeting had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine assignment. So she was just Mm. as bat shit bananas as he was. So God bless him. They found each other. So um, they did a variety of reading together. By 1974, they had solidified their beliefs into a basic Mm -hmm. outline. They concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds that other pe- than other people. Naturally. And they wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, a <laughs> thinly veiled reference to Apple White. <laughs> He'll be like, you know he what? He died He's, for our sins and, and he came back as a creepy white guy. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. So furthermore, they concluded that they were two, they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally uh-huh. visit, visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities. So they would like knock on doors of like local churches in Texas, in Texas. Hi, y'all. Yeah. Huh. Can we tell you a little bit about what's going on with us? And we were the original witnesses described in the book of Revelation. Oh, who told you that? <laughs> Oh, oh, some some extraterrestrials. Yeah, some aliens. Oh, can I come in? That's great. Um, um, I don't know. Let me go get my husband. <laughs> and then they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> they they went to these spiritual groups and uh, churches, and they often referred to themselves as the two or the UFO two, two as in like one two. Um, they believed that they would be killed and then restored to life, and in view of others, transported onto a spaceship. So this mm-hmm. event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. But um, to their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities. Oh. Terrible close-minded wow. people in Texas. Ugh. So eventually they resolved to just contact extra- extraterrestrials. And um, they just sought followers who were similarly minded. And they published advertisements for meetings where they recruited disciples um, whom they called the crew. Mm-hmm. Their, their the names... Two. Get the, the crew two. and the crew. Their names were not, they didn't put a lot of thought mm. into it. And that's okay. You know what? They had other things on their mind. So later in 1975, the whole crew assembled at a hotel in Waldport, Oregon. And after selling all worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, the group vanished from the hotel in the public eye. Yeah. Just disappeared into the ether. And apparently it was such, um, uh, a notable piece of news that Walter Cronkite that night on the CBS Evening News Whoa. reported that the group had disappeared. Did they, were they identified as a cult at I, that point? In I time? think they were. It was one of the very first waves of national media response to this developing mm. religious group because apparently at this point they were very they were still a very large group. Oh wow! And um, so they had. He Walter Cronkite reported that a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. Which is seems that's like very dramatic, I Walter. Know, for a newsman who's supposed mm-hmm. to be, have the respect of the whole nation, mm-hmm. that's a little. I don't know. He's playing fast and loose. He's adjusting his glasses, having his his mug of coffee. He, oh, I was going to say scotch, but oh right, yeah, it is the seventies. <laughs> He's probably smoking a cigarette too. <laughs> so as it turns out, in reality. Apple, White, and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. Um, so 
as it turns out, they had the two of them had a nickname. Nicknames. Mm. They were known as Doe and T, as in like Doe a deer, and then T. And mm-hmm. so I, I was thinking about it. I was like, why are they Doe and T? And I think because Doe is on the lower end. I may have overthought this. Doe is on the overland, very masculine. Doe, and then T is on the high end. So it's like oh, T. So they're very. They're also femme. at the end of the scale. So you have T Doe. Oh, that's true. So maybe that was like the frequency. Like they're reaching higher up. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, see, crack I like the code. You know what? I like yours better. So, <laughs> um, Doe and T uh, led the nearly 100 member crew across the country, and they slept in tents and sleeping bags, and they begged in the streets. So they lived a very like a very aesthete uh, existence. So just a hundred people in sleeping bags begging just for money, dirty, homeless. Yeah, oh. basically. But they were also. Like they were a cult, so they were trying to like recruit people at the same time. So they were just like the worst. Mm, very bad. They didn't take a marketing class. No, they did not. They did not. Well, they get better, and <laughs> you'll see in just a moment. So, evading detection of authorities and media allowed the group to focus on Doe and T's doctrine of helping members of the crew achieve a higher evolutionary level uh, above human. And actually, they had said, "Well, we've already we've already reached that level, but we're helping you guys get up here." So they used a variety of islet. Uh, aliases over the years um uh doe and t was one of them and the other one was Bo and peep oh. which Aww. again guys put like a little more two more minutes effort into it they had just had some like good nursery rhyme text yeah, some <laughs> little nursery rhyme books things they their the eyes alighted books. on yeah. yeah so um they used uh numerous methods of recruitment as they toured the united states in destitution um, and proclaiming the gospel of higher level metamorphosis and the deceit of humans by false God spirits, which I will get to in a little bit. Um, and throughout the late seventies and early eighties, their belief system developed around the cult of per- the cult of personalities okay. of Doe and T mm-hmm. apple white and nettles and the membership grew. And some sociologists agree that this, um, the popular movement of alternative religious experience and individualism found in collective spiritual experiences during that period helped contribute to the growth of the new religious movement. So in the seventies and eighties, mm. If I mean, you'll remember because you're eternal that, <laughs> that 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 was a big time that you would see a lot of like cults or like alternative religious groups, mm-hmm. like because of hippies and because people were kind yeah, of questioning, um, questioning, and it was mm-hmm. like that whole like free spirit thing mm-hmm. really created a nice, rich soil for these crazy groups to kind of grow in. Mm-hmm. So um, also, that's when the psychiatric hospital started to like just really let patients just kick up run out into this <laughs> terrible <laughs> let him back out of the streets <laughs> so um nettles died in 1985 and uh when she died he revised the group's Applewhite revised the group's doctrines and um the crew gained an eventual reputation as it was called a cyber culture hmm. form of religious thought reform and uh, by the mid 90s the group had become reclusive and they called themselves by the mysterious business name higher source and they began recruiting via uploaded internet content, which is why they were called a cyber culture. And they were one of the first cyber culture, cyber cults that are known in the United States, wow. which is kind of interesting. Um, so someone had a computer. Well, they actually, uh, they earned their revenue by offering professional website development for paying clients under the name Higher Source. So they actually like So they had got out of the homeless. And they were like, <laughs> we're going to computers, guys. And they made a good amount of money. Wow. Because they also had a lot of people. Well, the aliens told them to exactly know, give them some guidance on that. <laughs> and it's you probably know, how Bill Gates made all his money. Oh, yeah, really investigated true. this yet, but 
Man, you were just like aliens. I'm so good at this. So good at cults. In, uh, in 1996, members of Applewhite's clan took their uh, internet recruitment and technical savviness to new, ne- new levels in a large home they called the Monastery, which was a 9,000-square-foot residence in Rancho Santa Fe near San Diego in California. And the home would eventually be a gathering place for the group's final siren call and the closure to Heaven's Gate mm-hmm. and the return of the Hellbop comet signified as the group's webpage still reads. Yeah, Hellbop. To this day, yeah, the Hellbop. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. So as it turns out, as of this year, two representatives still run the archived website and answer questions about the cult. So we could oh right gosh. now ask me anything. We could AMA. I, still, I run. I'm the webmaster for the Heaven's Gate website. Reddit needs to get on that. They need to find these people. So um, let's talk a little bit about their beliefs. So um, the the first of all, the members of the group added the suffix Adi to their first names as they they adopted. How's that spelled? O-D-Y. Okay. So um, they adopted them in lieu of their original given names, which defines children of the next level. So I mm. would be in Heaven's Gate called Laurinati. Laurinati. And you would be Giuliati. Hmm. We, we sound like a couple of really great kick-ass Italian detectives <laughs> in New York City. Hey, We're I'm really scrappy. I'm Laurinati. And there's, where's there, where's there's a body. <laughs> oh, that's good. The Adis and the bodies. <laughs> it's also the name of our rap group. Um, so... Uh, they believed that their human bodies were only vessels to help them on their journey to a higher plane. Um, they, um, they believed to be eligible for membership in the next level. Humans would have to shed every attachment to the planet. And that meant all members had to give up all human like characteristics, such as their family, friends, sexuality, individuality, jobs, money, and possessions. Wow. This sure sounds like a cult. I know. Doesn't it? (laughs) This is like, this is a classic cult cult. Yeah. So um, the uh, the acronym TELA was the evolutionary level above human was mm. as a physical corporeal place, another world in our universe where residents lived in pure bliss and nourished themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. More on that later. <laughs> Gotta get that D. At the next level... <laughs> Gotta get that D. <laughs> Gotta get that vitamin D. Uh, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse, eating, or dying. The things that Wait, make us they mammalian. They don't engage in eating. No, not not <laughs> at this evolutionary level. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, once you reach that plane, like you don't have to eat anymore, which is terrible. Like you think that you would just get to eat everything because that's right. heaven, right? Yeah. Whatever. They're a smorgasbord, full of desserts. <gasps> Look at that's all my heavens. Yeah, I know. Ugh, you and me both. So Heaven's Gate believe that what the Bible calls God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial, which is not an unheard of, mm-hmm. like oh, there's a lot of other cults, much like Scientology, yeah. that believe that um, God is an alien. So um, members of Heaven's Gate believe that the evil space aliens, which were called Luciferians, falsely represented themselves to earthlings as God and conspired to keep humans from developing. Technically advanced humanoids, these aliens have spacecraft space time travel telepathy and increased longevity so watch out they use holograms to fake miracles <laughs> carnal beings with gender uh-oh gender they stopped training to achieve the kingdom of god thousands of years ago and heaven's gate believe that all existing religions on earth had been corrupted by these malevolent aliens gosh i know it's very very intense a lot of conspiracy um, theory happening on in that too yeah well it's a cult what can mm. you do so another new age belief that apple white uh, adopted was the ancient astronaut hypothesis and this is mm. um this is a common belief not only in this particular cult but also there's a lot of 
people who believe this that um, it's ancient astronaut refused to uh, various forms of the concept that extraterrestrials visited this planet in the distant past. Okay. So this is a, a thing, apparently. So um, they took part in this concept and taught it as a belief that aliens planted the seeds of current humanity millions of years ago and have come to reap the harvest of their work in the form of spiritually involved, evolved individuals who will join the ranks of flying saucer crews. Only a select few members of humanity will be chosen to advance this to this transhuman world. So, of course, the individuals who were chosen were, of course, in this cult because they were chosen <laughs> by Applewhite. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the cult was open only to adults over the age of 18. Well, that's good. Hey. Yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, no kids. They had a little bit of, yeah, they had some of guidelines. They were like, Membership this is too crazy for kids under 18. <laughs> <laughs> um, group members were required to give up their material possessions and live a highly aesthetic life devoid of many indulgences. The group was tightly knit. Everything was shared communally. In public, members always carried only a $5 bill and one roll of quarters in their pockets. Hmm. Eight of the male members of the group, including Applewhite, voluntarily underwent, underwent castration in Mexico as an extreme means of maintaining the ascetic lifestyle. Jeez. Yes. So already Yikes. this is not like, not a, they're not going to procreate into mm-hmm. more cult people. They were mm-hmm. just going to They recruit. have enough cult people. Yeah, they have enough. So here we go to the suicide. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm going to, we're going to talk about that. So on March 19th, and March 20th, 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself speaking of mass suicide and asserted it was the only way to evacuate Earth. And you may remember, because that was all over the news, mm-hmm. that video of him with his crazy, like, this black crazy eyes. eyes. Yep. And, like, the screensaver, like, stars behind him and his crazy white hair. So he claimed that a spacecraft was trailing Comet Hale-Bopp. Mm-hmm. And he persuaded 38 followers to commit suicide so that their souls could board the supposed craft. So he believed that after their deaths and a UFO would take their souls to another level of existence above human, um, which was both physical and spiritual. And um, so they rented a 9,200 square foot mansion in a gated community um, in San Diego. And he, they paid $7,000 per month in cash. 38 of the Heaven's Gate Jeez. members plus Applewhite were found dead in the home on March 26th. Um, in the heat of the California spring, many of the bodies had begun to decompose oh. by the time they were discovered. So they, were, they weren't so discovered for six they, days. So they made this tape. But yes. it wasn't like, did they send the tape r- like out immediately? You're talking about him talking? Yeah. Um, he put it online, apparently. Okay. But it's 1997, so, so yeah. not a lot of people had the online. Yeah, it wasn't like now where it would yeah. just like immediately hit our phones and be like, holy shit. Wow. So um, the bodies were later cremated, apparently. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce and washed down with vodka because you would have to be drunk to do this. Um, Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. Yeah. Um, Authorities found the dead lying neatly in their own bunk beds, faces and torsos covered by a square purple cloth. Mm -hmm. Each member carried a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. Um, Because that's how much the bus to get to the spaceship... (laughs) Sorry. No, no, it's good. It's a good joke. Um, <laughs> apparently the $5 bill, you know how I mentioned before yeah. that they usually carried a $5 bill and one roll of quarters. So the $5 bill was to cover vagrancy fines when members were out on jobs and the quarters were to make phone calls. Oh. So apparently members kept these things in their pockets at the time of death as a sort of dark humor, oh, which I, I don't understand like what the joke is, mm. but they're cult members. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like humor wasn't a major part of their... <laughs> Their day to day. 
So um, again, as you remember, all 39 were dressed in identical black shirts mm-hmm. and sweatpants. Mm-hmm. They had brand new black and white Nike decades. And they had armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. Mm. I didn't remember this. Away Team? Yes. So Like I guess, the home team and the away team. No, it was a, one of the many instances of the group's use of the Star Trek fictional universe nomenclature. <laughs> so like when, when like, you know, like, oh, meet me on the bridge. Get, assemble an away team. That was like the, oh. the team that would beam down to a planet to like Jeez. scope it out. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Star Trek is not dumb. I love Star Trek, mm-hmm. but this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the adherents, the, the cult members who had died were between the ages of 26 and 72. They are believed to have died in three groups over three successive days mm. while th- with remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's death. Right. So, so fi- yeah. So like there was someone around to like cover their exactly. Faces. Yeah. And like kind of clean up if there was, oh, you know, dear. um, 15 members died on March 24th, 15 more on March 26th mm. and nine on March, Mar- I mean, March 25th and nine on March 26th. And leader Applewhite was the third to last member to die. And two women remained after him and were the only ones found without bags over their heads. Um, This is interesting. Among the dead was Thomas Nichols, brother of the actress Nichelle Nichols, who is best known for her role as Uhura in the Star Trek series. Wow. Isn't that weird? I had no idea her brother died in the Heaven's Gate. So weird. And they were obsessed with Star Trek anyway. They must have been thrilled about him. (laughs) He must have been like the hotness. He was Um, there, Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise. <laughs> he was their Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, apparently only one of the group's members, Rio D'Angelo, also known as Richard Ford, did not kill himself. He videotaped the mansion in Rancho Santa Fe. If you remember that video mm. of them. Like, Going through the room. Yes, exactly. Why would I have seen that when I was like 12 years old? Well, it was on the news. What were, <laughs> yeah, is that weird? No, they, it was like on the news. They were like, yeah, this will know, be 38 great people graphic. died today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the tape was not shown to police until 2002. So that's probably why, oh, when okay. you saw it, um, which was five years after the event. Jeez. Um, obviously this was, uh, highly publicized mm-hmm. as an example of mass suicide when the news broke and their relation to Comet Hellbop was discovered. Alan Hale, the co-discoverer of the comet was drawn into the story oh. and his phone never stopped ringing the entire day. Aww. I know <laughs> he didn't respond until the next day when he spoke at a press conference on the subject, um, only after he had researched details of the incident, like a true scientist, mm. he spoke at the second world skeptics conference in Heidelberg, Germany on July 24th, 1998. So he um, discussed the scientific significance and popular lore of comets and gave a personal account of his discovery. Huh. And then he lambasted the combination of scientific illiteracy, willful delusions, <gasps> a radio talk show's deception about an imaginary <gasps> spacecraft following the comet and a cult's bizarre yearnings for ascending to another level of existence that led to the heaven's gate mass suicide so he just like so he was not a fan no he was not, <laughs> he was not and here's a weird thing he said that well before heaven's gate he had told a colleague quote we are probably going to have some suicides as a result of this comment isn't that crazy Why did he say that well i guess um i guess he wasn't surprised so apparently because it comets especially one that's so rare and because it's so big they have apocalyptic significance anyway people are like oh my god we're all gonna die people think that about like the Halley's comet too and stuff i guess so i don't know i don't know that many cult members but um (laughs) this was like a big deal (laughs) i know he said (laughs) you know so few i know i know so few although i do have i do have a personal connection to one of these cults in here so you'll see great so he said um Alan Hale said, comets are lovely objects, but they don't have apocalyptic significance. We must use our minds, our reason. Spoken like a true scientist. Mm -hmm. So our next cult (laughs) is out of New York City. It's very swank. It's called the Congregation of the Light. 
or as they're known by the adherents, just the light, the light. Mm -hmm. So it's a secret society that claims its followers descended from a master Aryan race on Atlantis and that humans once lived on the moon. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Homosexuality is... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Homosexuality is banned, corporal punishment is encouraged, and members atone for bad karma in past lives. Young women denied higher education are often married off to older men in the group. Some male devotees have undergone weapons training to prepare for the end of the world, which is coming soon, by the way. Um, The trainings were led by two believers, ex-army paratroopers, who taught youngsters how to track footprints, the basics of camping, and other survival skills, including firing M14 automatic rifles into abandoned junk heaps, or training in hand-to-hand combat in preparation for the apocalypse. Um, The belief was that planet Earth would be ending soon, and that they would have to defend their people and safeguard their food and supplies. And one of the former um, members said they changed the doomsday date at least twice. We were told it was imminent weeks or months. People in the cult wouldn't have dental work done because they thought, why bother? (laughs) (laughs) So this doomsday cult isn't in some rural bunker though. It operates out of a brownstone in Murray Hill in New York city. I know it's very swank. So um, every Thursday evening, dozens of congregants line up on East 35th street for the group's weekly meetings. The leader of their flock is a man named Tom Bear, who is 73. He preaches from the center of the room and reads from pieces of paper, and members don't have religious religious texts to follow along, and they aren't allowed to take notes. <laughs> yeah. So they have about 200 members in New York, and there are congregations in Washington, D.C., and Atlanta, says Bear and oh my gosh. former followers. Mm-hmm. So who knows if 200 is like nothing, mm. but whatever. So... Bear spoke of battling evil people in lucid dreams and how cancer and other illnesses were the result of karma, not health habits, genetics, or mm, environment. Geez. Cool. Uh, a former member noticed, noted Bear's repeated odd mispronunciation of Arai as Auri. Auri. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of my favorite little like fun details. So the light dates back to at least the 1960s and has met in Murray Hill since the 1970s, though members are taught that the church dates back to the 19th century. Hmm. Um, much of what the group believes is shrouded in secrecy, though former members say it has a lot to do with karma, reincarnation, and the end of human race, as most cults like uh, snore, boring. So they were not impressed when uh, when man walked on the moon because no. they think that they had like already been there. Yeah, they were like, uh, been there, done that. Hi. Hello. Atlantis. The yeah. moon. Yeah. Uh, apparently the teachers are rooted in 19th century England, um, where a husband and wife known only as the Wyeths woke from the same dream and wrote down the karmic tenets and symbols they remembered. Uh, apparently they don't give any sources. Like there's no dogma that the, you could reference. It's just word of mouth, word of mouth. Hmm. You just have to believe what you're told. And apparently it works. Um, so you're supposed to follow obsessively look for symbols and dreams. And, um, ex members told, uh, the post because this is from the mm-hmm. New York post, by the way, shout out to the New York post. Uh, they couldn't even have artwork or brick a back brick a brick in their homes unless it contained one of the signs which included an owl or watcher protecting light members and a cross with an x uh which was the group's greeting sign um so uh once they were they're taught that once the world ended people would be reincarnated on another planet called nay (laughs) n-a-y there they would all be one gender and have no stomachs What is with this? I We're know. not eating in the afterlife. I don't understand. I is it that is it just like a thinly veiled like like eating disorder thing <laughs> or what? Because I think the best. I think I remember some of the best parts of my life revolved around <laughs> the act of eating yes. food. Yep. Right. 
I don't know why they're trying to. So this, so this, and in the Heaven's Gate one, afterlife, no sex, no sex, no food, no food. I know, right? Ugh. Well, who wants to go there? So, so apparently, um, one of the early leaders tried banning the internet and some TV in the early nineties. Um, and people were like, no, nah. no, no, we're okay. Uh, they believe in a master Aryan race that lived on Atlantis. And once you get to a certain level, oh, uh, they had black, red, and yellow races that existed on Atlantis, but a blue race was wiped out. So the blue people are gone. And that's what um, Avatar is about. Julia, you are making <laughs> connections that, is, that are blowing my mind tonight. Blowing my mind. We are not affiliated with James Cameron <laughs> we or Avatar. Not. No, please. Ugh, not him. <laughs> Avatar was garbage. Um, <laughs> unpopular pl- opinion. So they. So this is just like Congregation of the Light is insane. Oh, There's, no one has heard of it because there's so few of them. But it's a very like tight, scary yeah. cult. So is it? So the people that are former members that like spoke to the Post mm-hmm. are they like fear any like repercussions for leaving, or is it kind of like a free will type? They can they can leave, but mm-hmm. they're they're not allowed to contact like okay. family members mm-hmm. or friends that are remained mm-hmm. in the the cult. Like most cults are like that, where they'll sure. just cut you off. Um, and if you run into any of them, because Manhattan's not a huge place, <laughs> um, they get like yelled at. Oh, wow. yeah, like they get berated and like, how dare you? Like you're filthy and Jeez. disgusting and like being out in the world. So they they base a lot of their. Um, they keep adherence there based around shame, which as you know, is very, <laughs> it's very powerful. Very, very powerful. <laughs> um, so this next cult group, I have a personal connection to. Oh, oh my. Julia, I'm here to tell you about the light, the love. I'm going to tell you about a cult. No, I'm kidding. I'm trying to, this, this whole podcast has been an elaborate long game for me to have you You've join. made it through 10 episodes. We have never sent these out. This is all for your benefit. No one has, we have no listeners. All of these Twitter followers, this everything. Is this is a sham. No. Okay, I'm going to tell you about Chen Tao, okay. or what's known as the True Way Cult. And this was a UFO religion. Hmm. Again, getting a, getting a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it originated in Taiwan. Um, and it was by Han Ming Chen, who was born in 1955. Uh, he associated, first associated with the UFOs um, and then had created the group based around a new age UFO cult. He was a former professor who claimed to be an atheist until he joined a religious cultivation group and then later left and decided to move to the U.S. And, um, that, uh, and then incorporated new elements such as the su- pseudoscientific information of cosmology and flying saucers, as well as Christian motifs of the prophecy of the end and the Great Tribulation, etc. Hmm. And that was also incorporated. So it's kind of like UFO cult meets Christian cult. <laughs> Super fun. Um, it was a mix of Buddhism, Taoism, and UFOlogy. They emphasize transmigration of souls, and each person gets three souls, three okay. souls per person. They placed great emphasis on spiritual energy, and they also believed in outside souls. Outside souls. Outside outside souls. uh, Who basically acted as bad influences in human world or even as demons. So he believed that the earth went through five tribulations, going back to the age of the dinosaurs, blah, 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 boring, boring. (laughs) Uh, Each of these tribulations were survived by beings living in North America who were rescued by God in a flying saucer. Which is a great visual if you think about it. Just like... Yep. Um, So the group is best known 
for a highly publicized and failed millennial prophecy. So okay. they moved to Garland, Texas, because <laughs> they thought the name Garland sounded like Godland. So they were like, that's oh. it. That's where we're going. So they moved there in August of 1997. And Chen predicted that at 12.01 a.m. on March 31st, 1998, God would be seen on a single television channel all across North America. Whether or not the person had cable service was irrelevant to God's appearance on that channel, by the right. way. Right. It just turn on. Yeah. Um, so they were they moved there in ninety seven, so they were they had a couple of months, several months, um, to kind of settle in. They purchased more than twenty homes in an upper middle class uh South Garland neighborhood. Um, they were white collar professionals. They um were reportedly wealthy. They dressed in white. They wore cowboy hats. Cowboy hats mm-hmm. were like their thing. They drove luxury cars. Um they believed that two young boys in their group were the reincarnations of Jesus and Buddha. Hmm. And right. um so when the predicted appearance did not occur, the group became confused. Oh. Uh the Chen Tao leader announced that he had obviously had misunderstood God's plans mm-hmm. and members quietly returned to their homes. Mm. They're just like, huh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, he had earlier made a false prediction of finding a Jesus of the West who would look like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unlike other millennial religious groups, uh, Chen Tao seemed to have effectively fallen apart after his leader's prophecies were unfulfilled. And immediately after the failed prediction, some of the members had to return to Taiwan due to visa problems. Jeez. So in total, uh, roughly two thirds abandoned the group. And um, later, the remaining members moved to Lockport, New York, <gasps> where I'm from, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Uh, they continued to wear cowboy hats, and uh, but began stating a war between China and Taiwan would lead to a nuclear holocaust, and this would result in much death. But also God arriving in a God plane, like a God plane, like okay, an airplane. Okay, so he's not in a UFO anymore. No, in a plane. I mean, come okay. on. The, the previous one was silly. Sure. A God plane makes more sense. Um, <laughs> they originally stated that this would occur in 1999, but later revised the date. Mm. Um, apparently, when the original predicted appearance did not occur, Chen offered to be stoned or crucified for the event, but no one took They're him like, up on the offer. No, no, They're like, oh, oh you're it's fine. All right. Everyone makes mistakes. Exactly. Nobody's nerfect. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. <laughs> um, no one knows that the group still exists. Uh, and the group entered a sharp decline after the failed prophecies and virtually nothing was heard of them after 2001. And the current whereabouts of Han Ming Chen are unknown. Dun, dun, dun. So here's my, here is my personal connection. I remember these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I moved to Lockport when I was like 12 or 13. So this was in like 1997 or 1998. Yeah. And, um, we, <laughs> we remember going up to Lake Ontario in Alcott, mm-hmm. which is North of Lockport. And we would see them. There were all of these Taiwanese people, like families, it was men and women. Mm-hmm. They were always wearing white. They always had cowboy hats on and they would stand on the shore and stare at the sun going down at the sunset every day. They would just oh. sit and wait for the sun to go down. And once the sun get, went down, they left. Do we know how they ended up in Lockport? I have no idea. I could not. And people would talk. They would be like, oh, it's with these people. And um, the, the thing that they gave them a nickname, which was refrigerator worshipers. And the reason why is because it was kind of a... And after I did research on this, I was mm. like, oh, that's why. It's because they believed that even everything had a soul including mm-hmm. appliances okay. and that's the idea of like the outside oh, souls sure but i think it was kind of like weirdly twisted in our white people brains because mm-hmm. um 
like they weren't worshiping the refrigerators. They were saying that the souls inside the refrigerators were demons and that we should like keep an eye out for them. Jesus. I know. Is that weird? (laughs) So I remember them like there, there weren't that many of them. There were maybe like 10 to 15 on the shore every night. It was usually in the summer. I mean, we were never up in Alcott. Oh my gosh. Any other time of the year because it was like in the winter, it's freezing up there. And sorry, what was the name of the group again? They were called the True Way Cult. The True Way. Or um, Chen Tao. Chen Tao. So they're gone. Wow. As far as we can tell. But it's nice that they didn't like have to do anything violent. Oh no, they were were a peaceful group of people. It seemed like the worst thing that happened was that they were very disappointed. (laughs) Which, you know what? If you're not hurting anybody and you're just disappointed. Like when Y2K happened. Yes. And we all had had this build up for so long Mm -hmm. and I had a friend in high school that she thought that she was convinced that the Y2K like all of the prophecies were going to come true. Oh my gosh. The power grids were going to go down. We weren't going to have any electricity or water or whatever for a couple days. It was. That was a weird time. A lot of people were talking about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and then anticlimactically nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then we were all fine with it. Yeah. I guess. I mean, Prince played 1999 on the New Year's Eve celebration and we all moved about, <laughs> moved, moved on. Um, so the last thing I'm going to be talking about is not necessarily a cult, mm-hmm. um, but it has the dangerous qualities of a cult oh. and the insanities of a cult. And in fact, there are You're groups of Lula people. Ro? Yes, it is. It's LuLaRoe. <laughs> By the way, have you ever had super comfortable leggings? Buttery soft. Buttery soft. Um, no, similar $5,000. I'm going to buy hideous patterns of pants and skirts and dresses. We are not a podcast devoted to LuLaRoe products, by the way. Um, Unaffiliated with LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe. So um, this last, I mean, we're going to call it a belief system is called Inedia or Breatharianism. Breatharianism. Have you heard of the Breatharians? No. Okay, great. So this is, Bat shit. You're going to love this. So it is the belief that it's possible for a person to live without consuming food. What the hell I know, is right? wrong with... I know. <laughs> they claim that food, and in some cases water, are not necessary for, for survival, and that humans can be sustained solely by what's called prana, the vital life force in Hinduism. According to the Ayurveda, sunlight is one of the main sources of prana, and some practitioners believe that it's possible for a person to survive on sunlight alone, no, that's like a plant. Plants. Yeah, like that's a, not people. No, somebody I know. really mistranslated something. <laughs> so uh, the term <laughs> breatharianism or inadia, we're going to call it breatharianism, uh, may also refer to this philosophy when it's practiced as a lifestyle in place of the usual diet. So it's more of like a. Li- I guess you could call it a lifestyle choice if you're insane. Mm-hmm. But more people than you'd think practice this. It's a. a Uh, expose i have no words i have plenty of breath though um breatharianism is considered a lethal pseudoscience by scientists and medical professionals and several adherents of these practices have died from starvation and dehydration Mm. and i can't believe i have to say this out loud but though it is common knowledge that biological entities require sustenance to survive breatharianism continues Again, I can't believe I have to say this. Nutritional science proves that <laughs> fasting for extended periods leads to starvation, dehydration, and eventual death. In the absence of food intake, the body, the body normally burns its own reserves of glycogen, body fat, and muscle. Breatharians claim that their bodies do not consume these reserves while fasting. I cannot believe. Like, okay. 
how how much of a narcissist do you have to be <laughs> to be like everybody else on this planet has to consume disgusting food, food. and horrifying that water smells good and tastes good <laughs> and keeps me alive i don't need it all i need is the air and sunlight around me all i need is the air that i breathe that's not true it's not true <laughs> that is a breatharian lie so um, some breatharians have submitted themselves to medical testing including a hospital's observ- observation of indian mystic Parala Johnny. He appeared to survive without food or water for 15 days. Um, they, like these doctors at Sterling Hospital in Ahmedabad in uh, Gujarat in 2003 and 2010, they both, they did two separate tests mm. of him. So the study concluded that he, no, he didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. They had a CCTV in his cell. He had like a little cell that mm-hmm. he lived in. Um, he was under observation. He had passed no urine or stool. He had no need for dialysis. Um, they let him, um, he, the only, his only contact with any form of fluid was during bathing and he was allowed to gargle to prevent mouth dryness. Okay. Um, and then when he spit out the water, they would, the doctors weigh would like it. weigh it. Wow. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, the case had attracted criticism because um, there's a man named Sanal and Amaraku. He is the president of the Indian Rationalist Association. He criticized the experiment because he was, Johnny was allowed to move out of certain CCTV cameras and he was allowed to meet devotees and he was mm. allowed to leave the sealed test room to quote sunbathe, whatever. Well, you need that food. D. Yeah, he needed that D. Got to get that D, Jill. Um, and so he said that the regular gargling and bathing activities were not sufficiently mon- monitored and um, he must have had some sort of like influential protectors who so like, like why lie about it though well it's, you know it's such a dumb thing because the people believe that these people are like such incredible aesthetics that they like have access to a higher plane of existence in the very fact that they're like because you can i've heard this i've never actually fasted for this long because <laughs> i really enjoy like cheeseburgers and also just eating just in general in i'm a general, fan yeah of consuming calories um but apparently when you fast it it, your brain chemistry kind of gets knocked about mm-hmm. and, it, and it can induce a state of euphoria yeah which can make you feel like you are ascending to a higher plane of existence so i talk about how nothing tastes as good as thin nothing feels. tastes as good as thin I can't feels get that out without that's a that's such a that's a joke <laughs> um so that's that's why fasting a lot of times is very is tied in with prayer and meditation mm-hmm. because it helps you apparently fasting it helps you re, like get to that that mental Mm -hmm. state that you need to be in to kind of like talk to God. So, um, the most, the most popular and powerful breatharian is a woman named Jasmuheen. She was born Ellen Grieve. She's Australian. Um, she was a prominent advocate of breatharianism in the 1990s. And she said, I can go for months and months without having anything at all other than a cup of tea. My body runs on a different kind of nourishment. So I know she's, this woman is the worst. So interviewers found her house stocked with food 
She claimed that the food was for her husband and her daughter. In 1999, she volunteered to be monitored closely by the Australian television program 60 Minutes for one week without eating to demonstrate her methods. And she stated that she found it difficult on the third day of the test because the hotel room in which she was confined was located near a busy road. Mm. And she said it was causing stress and pollution Mm -hmm. and it prevented her absorption of the required nutrients from the air. And she said, I asked for fresh air. 70% of my nutrients come from fresh air. I couldn't even breathe. So on the third day of the test, they moved her to a mountainside retreat where her condition continued to deteriorate. What a surprise. After she had fasted for four days, um, a doctor, Dr. Barris Wink. Can you imagine that in Australia? (laughs) Dr. Barris Wink. Wink. Um, president of the Queensland branch of the Australian Medical Association, he urged her to stop the chest, the test. Like, please, please eat something. He said her pupils were dilated. Her speech was slow. She was quite dehydrated, probably over 10%, getting up to 11%. Oh, um, towards the end of the test, he said her pulse is about double what it was when she started. The risks, if she goes any further, are kidney failure. Um, 60 minutes would be culpable if they encouraged her to continue. She should stop now. Mm-hmm. So the test was stopped. Um, he said, the doctor wink said, unfortunately, there are a few people who may believe what she says, and I'm sure it's only a few, but I think it's quite irresponsible for somebody to be trying to encourage others to do something that is so detrimental to their health. And jazz machine challenged the results of the program saying, look, 6,000 people have done this around the world without any problem. (laughs) Yeah. So jazz machine was awarded the bent spoon award by Australian skeptics in a 2000 in 2000. And apparently the bent spoon award is, um, and I'm going to try and do this in Australian accent because it's Mm. really Mm -hmm. silly presented to the perpetrator of the most preposterous piece of paranormal or pseudoscientific piffle. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that good? Oh, Oh, the Australians. They, they have such great, just hilarious, good humor. (laughs) Um, she also won the 2000 Ig Nobel Prize Ig Nobel <laughs> yeah. uh, for literature for Living on Light, which was her book. Uh, she claimed mm-hmm. that their beliefs are based on the writings and more recent channeled material from St. Germain. She stated that some people... Of the liquor? <laughs> yes. St. <Saint> Germain <laughs> of the liquor. Patron saint of sweet liquors. Um, she stated that some people's DNA has expanded from two to 12 strands to absorb more hydrogen, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was offered $30,000 to prove her claim with a blood test, she said she didn't understand the relevance, so she was not referring to herself. Um, so there was another man, and I, oh, this guy, I'm telling you. Okay, so there is a man named Wiley Brooks. His, his literal first name is Wiley. <laughs> Keep that in mind. He is the founder of the Breatharian Institute of America. He was first introduced to the public in 1980 when he appeared on the TV show. That's incredible. There's an exclamation Exclamation point. point. Mm -hmm. Much like Jeopardy! Exclamation point. Exactly. Um, Brooks stopped teaching recently to devote 100% of his time on solving the problem as to why he needed to eat some type of food to keep his physical body alive and allow his light body to manifest completely. He claimed to have found four major deterrents which prevented him from living without food. People pollution, food pollution, air pollution, and electro pollution, whatever the hell that is. In 1983, he was reportedly observed leaving a Santa Cruz 7-Eleven with a Slurpee, a hot dog, and <laughs> Twinkies. Yeah. Um, he told Colors Magazine in 2003 that he periodically breaks his fasting with a cheeseburger and a cola, explaining that when he's surrounded by junk culture and junk food, consuming them adds balance. The line of bullshit, this like, guy. But why lie about this? I don't understand. Because people, I think because there are people who, they get a lot of like 
admiration from their followers and things like oh you're like you've reached this extra plane of existence Mm -hmm. and like you've done this so I can do this and when they're made out to be liars by eating a cheeseburger like uh, why would you you haven't (laughs) eaten what do you do and eat going to 7-Eleven and eating I mean at least go to a Ruth's Chris jeez so later this is the best he later claimed that a, that Diet Coke and McDonald's cheeseburgers have special 5D properties, five-dimensional properties. 5D. The idea of separate but interconnected 5D and 3D worlds is a major part of his ideology, and Wiley Brooks encourages his followers to only eat these special 5D foods, as well as med- meditate on a set of magical 5D words. And mm. unfortunately, I could not find the source oh, of these 5D that's words. too bad. We need to follow him yeah. somehow. Find, find that out. Yep. Um, he, uh, his institute has charged varying fees to prospective clients who wished to learn how to live without food, which has ranged from a hundred thousand dollars with an initial deposit of $10,000 to $1 billion with a B to be paid via bank wire transfer with a preliminary deposit of a hundred thousand dollars for a session called immortality workshop. But don't worry. He offers a payment plan. That, okay, this is like so dangerous to people that do have like real eating disorders exactly. or like people that want like um, people who are overweight that want to lose weight yes. and like they think, oh, I can get like hypnotized yep. losing weight or something. And so if you, you know, if somebody convinced you that like you could lose 100 pounds by not eating food anymore, but yep. also giving me a million dollars, like, yeah. It's a it's a total scam and it's really and I just recently read an article about breatharian so I actually kind of I was like uh-huh. I'm definitely going to include this in my presentation. But um I think it's with GQ, I don't remember. Mm. I'll I'll tweet it out cuz it was very very good. But this idea of breatharianism is kind of an extreme end of this mm-hmm. cuz breatharianism is like fasting to the nth degree, right? Yeah. But if you tie it in with a religious thing, it's suddenly um, socially acceptable, mm. maybe not breatharianism, mm-hmm. but maybe fasting. Yeah. And when you're already somebody who is prone to an eating disorder, which I would make the argument that most a lot of women, people. most people, mm-hmm. a lot of women, unfortunately, um, you know, have at least thought about acquiring a de- eating disorder at some point in their lives. It's extremely dangerous to kind of prey upon that mindset right. where it could actually kill you. And there was actually a a young woman, I think she was in her late twenties. And they mentioned this in the breatharian article in GQ that she died on the shores of Scotland um, because she had starved herself to death and they, and she was a follower of breatharianism. And the only reason why they found that out was because she had her diary with her and she had like pitched a tent on the edge of like Loch Ness and she was writing in her diary about how she like could not wait to like ascend to a higher plane and how she really felt like she was like getting there. And then she just died. Oh my God. It's awful. It's just the worst. So I hate to leave on like this last mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. I will mention one more guy. Um, his name is Hiro Ratanmanek. And he claimed that since uh, June 18th, 1995, he has lived on water and occasionally tea, coffee and buttermilk, which ew. Very bitter. Um, he states that sun gazing is the key to his health, citing yogis and ancient Egyptians, Aztecs, Mayans, and Native Americans. And um, he and his proponents state that medical ex- experts have confirmed his ability to draw sustenance by gazing at the sun. So not only is he starving himself, but he's also going blind. <laughs> he loved that eclipse. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was caught in 2011 on camera eating a big meal in San Francisco. 
in the documentary <laughs> the sun <laughs> so they're all flinging flanging liars and everybody, please eat dinner. Yeah. Eat breakfast. If it's any the most important of listeners the out there have found any similarities between your lifestyle and any of the things we've just talked about, please we go talk to We hate to inform somebody. you. You might be in a cult. <laughs> you should call your dad. You should call your dad. You're in a cult. Call your dad. So that got dark quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my quiz this evening is on world religions. So here is oh. my quiz on world religions. Number one, what does the word Islam mean? Question number two, the three main gods worshipped by Hindus are Shiva the destroyer, Brahma the creator, and Vishnu the what? Question number three, how many candles does a menorah burn through throughout the entire Hanukkah period? Question four, the Buddhists believe in following a path to enlightenment. How many fold is this path? Number five. There are five religions recognized in China. Can you name them? Number six. Who was the only disciple to witness the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Number seven. Which Norse god or goddess hung from Yggdrasil, the world tree, for nine days and nights? Question number eight. Which is the name for the worshipped spirits of nature, ancestors, etc. in Shinto? Number nine. About nine million of the approximate 15 million Mormons live in North America. Which continent has the next highest Mormon membership? And finally, question 10. Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate holidays. What is another common part of modern life that they for also forbid? And we'll give you a minute to think about it, and we'll be right back with answers. Question number one, what does the word Islam mean? Oh, God. This whole quiz is just brutal, Lord. I know. Well, no, we're so... Okay, so a little background on this. Our our quiz team, we win a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our I feel like our Achilles heel. We have two Achilles mm-hmm. heels. One is 1960s pop music. Mm-hmm. The they other all one, sound alike to oh me. Oh, my gosh. It's all, like all, all the band's name are the doo-wop, doo-wop, noun doo-wop. with an S at the end. Yes. And the second Achilles heel that we have is world religions. We're really bad at it. We're just bad okay. at it. So here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to do poorly. It's okay. Great. Just bring, just humble me today. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to take I a guess? I do not remember what Islam means. Okay. Uh, Islam means submission or surrender. Hmm. So one of those things. 
Okay, the three main gods worshipped by Hindus are Shiva the Destroyer, Brahma the Creator, and Vishnu the what? Don't know. The Preserver. I didn't know this oh, either. Dear. I do remember Shiva the Destroyer. Yeah. And I think Brahma, like Brahma Bull. That's what I remember, okay. I think. But either way. Uh, people who would watch the FX series The League would know that the um, the statue that they would win at the end of every fantasy football league mm. season was called the Shiva. And uh, um, Shiva does make an appearance in a lot of the episodes and she does do a bit where she curses them because she is Shiva the Destroyer. That's so pretty good. out of all the ones you said, that was that's the, the only one, you one know. I knew. Because, okay. I mean, Thanks, she's FX. the most like kind of badass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how many candles does a menorah burn through throughout the entire Hanukkah period? Eight. So Burns that's through what nine. I thought too. Or, nine. Well, it, this is more of a math problem. Oh, come on. So I, I, I know. <laughs> so there are nine candles on the menorah. So mm-hmm. there's uh, the sh- shamus. I think that's what it's called. Someone, someone who is a, a, like an Orthodox Hebrew. Please like tweet at us. Orthodox <laughs> Jew. Um, what a sham. Uh, how to pronounce that shamus. Um, it is 44. 44 candles get burned through. How is that possible? Because they, it's supposed to symbolize like the light never went out. Like the oil never ran out. So you're lighting the candles and they get burned through because you keep them lit. So you burn through them. That's, that's uncalculable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know, right? (laughs) It's 44. So the Buddhists believe in following a path to enlightenment. How many fold is the path? Is it four? No, it's eight. (sighs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I thought it was a thousand when okay. I was taking this eight. like brief quiz. Eight folds. Eight folds. Okay. The eightfold path. That's okay. what it's called. Um, this is this one's tough. The, <laughs> there are five religions recognized in China. Can you name them? Buddhism. Five. Yes. Taoism. Yes. Jainism. No. <laughs> three more. You got three. Shinto. Nope. Hinduism. I don't know, Lauren. Okay. So it's, this is a, this is a hard question. I'm sorry. It's Taoism, Islam, Protestantism, Buddhism, and Catholicism. So you have two Christian okay. sects. You have Buddhism, you have Islam, and you have Taoism. So there you go. Um, who was the only disciple to witness the crucifixion of Jesus? <laughs> sorry, I didn't know either. <laughs> so it in the book, it's John. He is described as the disciple Jesus loved, and as it turns out, it was John. But John wrote it, so uh, so there you go. Mm. But well, it, history is written by the exactly the people who lived mm-hmm. it. So um, yes, the only disciple to witness the crucifixion of Jesus was uh, his disciple John. Which Norse god or goddess hung from Yggdrasil, the world tree, for nine days and nights? It's Freya. It is Odin. Odin. Yeah. Sorry, I had no idea about this one either because I don't know anything about Shintoism. Uh, what is the name of the worship spirits of nature, ancestors, etc. in Shinto? They're known as Kami, K-A-M-I. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Hopefully you can get this one. About 9 million of the approximate 15 million Mormons live in North America. Which continent has the next highest Mormon membership? Asia. No, it's South America. Hmm. Because there are a lot of Mormons who lived in Mexico, correct? Like um, uh, um, Mitt Romney speaks fluent Spanish. Really? Because he lived in Mexico for a long time because his grandfather was um one of the the fundamentalists and had many wives Hmm. he and so he had to flee utah and he raised his family in mexico 
Jeez. Yeah. So, and then apparently there's a lot of like South American Mormons just in general. Um, okay. Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate holidays. What is another common part of modern life they, they forbid? Birthdays. Well, they also don't holiday, celebrate birthdays. But- That's true. Which is, it's, it's, it's terrible. It sounds so sad. Uh, they do not believe in blood transfusions. Oh. And neither mm. do Christian scientists. That's mm-hmm. another sect that, and I'm sure there are others as well. Mm. Um, but um, they say that that is one of the reasons why, uh, how Prince got addicted to painkillers because he couldn't, he refused to get surgery because his knees and ankles oh. were just like completely blown out because he wore high heeled shoes all the time. Yeah. And so um, he was supposed to get like knee replacements and hip replacements, but he didn't want to go under the knife because he, he, so he re- can't he's a Jehovah's have a blood Witness. transfusion, but painkillers, A-okay. Yeah, I guess so. And that's what, uh, and then he got addicted to them and that's what oh, killed him. Jeez. I know. Isn't that sad? Man, my episode is so sad this week. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Just about people starving themselves to death and people dying from like drug addiction. Who knew that cults would not be as hilarious as I thought <laughs> as it was going to be? Them to be. Jeez. <laughs> Next time I'll do something, you know, really light. Like, oh, sure. Like world wars or Yo, something like definitely. that. Yeah. <laughs> Mass extinctions <laughs> Mustard or something. Gas. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Well, anyway. Great. Well, if you're a, if you're a religion major and yes. you've got more than one question right <laughs> on that quiz, please let us know. Congratulations. Let us know how you did. You can tweet at us at misinfopod. Um, you could also reach us. Uh, we have an email, misinfopod at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, we would love it if you did that. And uh, please feel free to tweet at us, at misinfopod on Twitter. And um, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, <everyone>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next Go time. Go eat some food. Yeah, please eat something. <laughs> Keep your strength up. Okay. Bye. Bye.